1: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Some of the headlines out there today, Israel is stepping up attacks. China is probing a former top official under investigation for suspected serious disciplinary violations, making him the highest-ranking official targeted in a corruption crackdown. Um, Those are kind of like the international headlines, supposedly, and I don't know much about this at this point in time, but... China's going after Microsoft on some antitrust issues. Um, Headlines. Headline risk is what that ties into. Um, What's going to happen to the billionaires in Russia? Headline risk. That's what we're we're looking at there. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
2: Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you.
1: So we seem to be moving in the market on international headlines, maybe a little bit of earnings. And maybe a little bit of what will Janet Yellen do in 2015? So we're kind of discounting her immediacy and focusing a little bit more on earnings and uh, headlines. Is that about right?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair because I think that the market has pretty much adopted the mindset that uh, there's not going to be anything really new coming out of the FOMC uh, tomorrow. When it releases its directive, it's going to maintain the Fed funds rate, you know, at that zero bound. Uh, and it's going to be conscientious about not wanting to introduce heightened volatility with any you know, dramatic changes in its wording at this point. I think if, uh, if it's going to go down that road, it would probably prefer to do it at the September meeting when there's going to be a, a press conference as well to explain uh, any type of decision like that. So probably going to be pretty status quo. And so because of that, the market is trading around it and focusing more on uh, what has been a batch of uh, better-than-expected earnings results and a flurry of uh, geopolitical headlines that, you know, are worrisome on the surface, but uh, to date have not translated into any real hard economic impact that would force the, uh, the market to, uh, to question its assumptions about potential economic and earnings growth.
1: I've been doing radio for pushing 20 years at some point. It's getting close. And what I've always said about the Middle East is they've been throwing sticks and stones at each other for 2,000 years, and... I I I've kind of it's kind of always going to be there in my mind and hopefully it never goes nuclear but it's kind of always going to be there um am I being too uh too light by making it less or by making it as frivolous sounding as possible
2: you know I don't think so Rob I mean I think your point is well taken I mean it is an issue that has always been there and for as long as I can remember it seems like any new president that comes into office is Trying to go into, you know tackle the the peace accord between you know Israel and, and Palestine and it continues to just go on in, in the fashion that it goes on where you have these bursts of uh, more aggressive uh, armed action and then that dies down and um, and and I think what you're saying is that you know if it doesn't go uh, nuclear which is obviously uh, a little bit bombastic um but i i get what you're saying you know if it doesn't break out into a larger middle eastern conflict the market uh isn't going to be you know too unnerved by these developments and in fact you know you look at oil prices today and even though you've talked about uh your lead in about the headlines surrounding you know more activity in gaza uh oil prices are down nearly a dollar today um and that's been the mindset i think for this market is that it rec- recognizes that this is something that we it has seen time and time again, uh, but as of yet, there hasn't been any disruptions to oil supplies out of the Middle East, and so it's not going to get too uh, caught up in uh, in the headlines there.
1: Speaking of which, I'm looking at your page one from this morning, Patrick O'Hares. Page one: few earnings blues in the blue chip earnings reports. You highlighted Merck, Pfizer International, Paper, Aetna, Reynolds, American T R W Automotive, Waste Management. Illinois Works is all exceeding expectations. Um, where do we feel we are in the earnings season at this point in time?
2: Right. Well, we're, you know, moving, you know, pretty much halfway through it. And um, by all accounts, it has been, you know, better than expected. Uh, now, that is not really a surprise. I mean, that's the trend. As we go into an earnings reporting period, you see estimates come down in front of that, and then lo and behold, you get the companies beating lowered expectations, and so all of a sudden everything is better than expected. But um, but what is uh, encouraging uh, at this point, though, is that uh, S&P 500 operating earnings per share is is pushing toward 10%. Growth for the second quarter, and that's pretty solid. Um, you know, revenue growth still trailing behind at about four uh, percent. But all in all, I think you're seeing a pretty good earnings reporting period that, if nothing else, is providing a, uh, a you know an underlying measure of support here for the market as it handles and takes in all of the geopolitical noise and uh, and all of the concerns about um, you know the market. Potentially being overvalued. I mean, you're getting this underlying earnings growth, which is a, a key component here. I think to keep things um, uh, moving in a positive direction, as opposed to just to imploding off of a headline or off the concern that you're on the cusp of a of a recession in both earnings and economic activity, which is you know we're not, and so uh, so that's holding things up very nicely.
1: <laughs> Yesterday, I did a report for the television station that I work for about how Congress is signing into or President Obama is going to sign Congress's bill into allowing you and I to untether our cell phone. Not our iPads, but our cell And I asked the question on air. I'm like, what are they going to do about tax inversion in corporate America and companies leaving America? Like, this seems petty that we can now unlock our cell phone and not go to jail when there's this serious issue of companies paying too much tax in America, or they think they are. So they're relocating to other countries. Um, and billions and billions of dollars in taxes are leaving our country and going to other countries. Any thoughts on some of the recent developments with Obama and potentially him using his powers to stop this from happening?
2: Right. Well, I think you'd ultimately want to see it uh, resolved through a, a proper legislative process as opposed to just an executive edict. Um, but uh, but the idea that's been exposed to all of us here is that, you know, it's just simply been a uh, bad tax policy, <laughs> you know, that has been written prior to this all occurring. And, and when it shows up, in the way that it has, where it's pretty clear that American companies, while doing nothing illegal, are indeed looking to, you know, circumvent the existing tax law uh, to lower their tax burden by buying these foreign companies and then, you know, having a domicile in the in these uh, foreign uh, uh, geographies so that they can pay a lower tax burden. You know, it's pretty, you know, pretty uh, blatant <laughs> in terms of know what they're trying to do and and you know who loses out in that respect uh, but, you know the US does I mean because you are going to have you know lower tax revenue coming in and so uh, but it does probably just get to the heart of the whole issue is that you need to rework you know tax policy overall um, and unfortunately it's not going to be a quick or easy fix given what we know about the uh, partisan nature of of Congress, and certainly given that it's a midterm election year. And on the other side of that, you're going to start talking about the presidential campaign uh, for 2016. So uh, it's not going to be resolved quickly or easily, but uh, something that clearly needs uh, some attention uh, so we don't shortchange ourselves in terms of the tax revenue that can come in and hopefully uh, in some small way help keep taxes down for, you know, Uh, individuals as well
1: speaking with Patrick O'Hare chief market analyst briefing.com great website for independent analysis of the markets is there anything that you're working on we've got about a minute minute and a half anything that you're working on that will uh shed a little light into the markets that we haven't chatted about already
2: Right, well, the, it's a big week, you know, I uh, think you alluded to there's a lot going on with the, um, with the GDP report coming out tomorrow for the second quarter, and then at the end of the week you have the employment report, and so, uh, what I'm going to be keen on anyway, uh, is, you know, what are we seeing in that employment report as it relates to wage growth? Because that could change the dynamic for the treasury market as well as the stock market. If it's if you start seeing a a, a nice pickup in wage growth, it's going to uh, fuel some inflation concerns, and that should translate into higher interest rates and also an expectation that the Fed might have to raise rates sooner rather than later. And that could be problematic here in the very near term. So something to, that I'm certainly be keeping a, a close eye on here uh, as the rest of the week unfolds.
1: Thanks very much. That's. Patrick O'Hare Chief Market Analyst Briefing.com you can find them on Twitter at Briefing.com or Trader in Play they uh, are a service that I follow the website provides independent live market analysis of the US and international equity markets it can be found at Briefing.com that's Briefing.com I highly highly endorse and I can even pay for that endorsement um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air Small press release out of Apple today. Not much. Um, Apple updated its MacBook Pro line of laptops with a high-resolution retina display. Faster processors and a higher memory for a starting price of $1,299. World's largest tech company also lowered the price of its older 13-inch MacBook Pro by $100 to roughly $1,100. Again, they use that old retail trick of taking away the one. so instead of $1,100, it's really $1,099. Um, and psychologically, we go, well, it's not, at least not 1100. So I can't say there's a lot in that story, can you? It certainly doesn't feel like it. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. All
0: of the people. All of the people.